Psalm 42, verse number five. How many of you are having a great week? Huh? How many of you are having an okay week? How many of you are having just a lousy week? One of you? Just one person with lousy. A few of you, just okay. So the good weeks have it. All right. Good deal. How many of you have been frustrated? Come on. How many of you have ever been frustrated in life? Everybody. What do you do when frustration comes? All of us, all of us get tired. How many of you have ever been tired and because you were tired, you were frustrated? Last evening, I was here about 7.30 in the morning and um, got home. It was about 9.30 last night. I was tired. And I have an eight-year-old that wasn't tired. She ate a nine. I don't know how old she is. I just know she wasn't tired. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to quiet. Anybody ever just want quiet? And I went to my room and, and she came in I mean, a hundred miles an hour telling me about everything, about school and the game. And I was tired. And I said, Chloe, please leave me alone. And she said, why are you frustrated, Dad? I said, tell your mother to come here. And she came in. I said, tell Chloe I'm not frustrated. I'm tired. They didn't believe me. They thought I was frustrated. You ever get to a place where you're tired? In reality, you get frustrated because you get tired. And when you get to that place, you don't always make the best decisions. You ever make a decision while you're frustrated? And what do you do normally when you make a decision out of frustration? You normally end up having to apologize and having to go back and try to fix something because you were frustrated. You ever make a decision because you were emotionally drained? When you get emotionally drained, you know what happens? You get frustrated. You ever make a decision when you're weary or you're, you're just sideways in your thoughts and, and you get to a place where you just, you're frustrated. How many of you, sometimes you feel like you live in frustration? Anybody? I, I do. Sometimes. Do you realize this? God is not interested in us staying in this place of frustration. There is, there is a way out of being frustrated constantly. I want you to go to a passage of Scripture. We're going to be in a lot of Scripture. So if you're taking notes tonight, I mean a lot of Scripture. So you might just want to write down the Scripture passage. Or if you're able to turn, that's fine as well. I just don't want you to get bogged down with the amount of Scripture that we're going to be in tonight. When frustration comes... Here the psalmist writes this in Psalm 42, verse number five. If you'll follow along with me. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? You ever felt that way? Why am I cast down? And he goes on to say, and why art thou disquieted in me? What's his, what's his solution? He says this, hope thou in God. Would you say that with me? Hope thou in God. He says, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Whose countenance? 
God's. You know, one thing we have to recognize about God is God is consistent. He's always the same. He doesn't have high highs and low lows like we as human beings have. He, the Bible says, is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He's the same God consistently. And the hope that, that uh, the psalmist here has is, is the hope is in his countenance. But why art thou cast down? What, what are some reasons? What are some reasons that cause some frustrations in our lives? You know, one in, in many Christians' lives, a reason for frustration could be unanswered prayer. You ever pray? How many of you are praying for something now? I don't mean like at the moment. I know you're listening to me, but this time in your life, you're praying for something. You know the reason why you're, you're still praying for it? Because God has not yet answered it. And sometimes when God doesn't answer the prayer the way that we always want God to answer prayer, you know it can bring frustration in our life as Christians. God, why aren't you? I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, the Bible says, he prayed for something three times that the Lord would remove whatever that was, that thorn in his flesh. He asked the Lord to remove it. The Lord didn't remove it the first time. He didn't remove it the second time. He didn't remove it the third time. And for many people, you would say this, if God's not going to answer the prayer that I'm asking him to answer, it causes frustration. But we're looking at it wrong. Because God did not answer that so that Paul would stay in a place of frustration. God didn't answer that prayer for Paul because God wanted Paul to see that God's grace is sufficient in his life. And so sometimes we go times in our Christian walk where we're frustrated because of unanswered prayer, but we realize, we need to realize this, that God is doing something even in that unanswered prayer. There's other reasons. Sometimes we as human beings, we get frustrated because of life's difficulties. How many of you have been in any place in your life where you would say it's been difficult? All of us. Being parents can be difficult at times, can't it? And it's not just, well, now my kids are 18 to that house. I'm praying for a lot of parents who they're praying for their kids as adults because of some difficulties or some life situations that are happening, life difficulties. Um, there is finances that oftentimes we get frustrated with our life with finances. How many of you say, I feel like at times, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but it feels like no matter what I do, I just can't seem to get out of the frustrating financial situation that we're in. If somebody, how many of you ever thought, if Bill Gates would just loan me a million dollars I could be free, and, and what's a million dollars to him, you know? You, you're smiling because you've thought of that. If I could just get my hands on this, all of my frustrations would go away. Frustration, many people financially, they're frustrated because of finances. Many people are frustrated because of work. They go to a place every day that they don't want to go to. Deal with people they don't want to deal with. Do something they don't want to do. And if they're not careful... That will build frustration, these life difficulties, marriages. Again, I want to ask you to raise your hand. I'll raise my both hands for you. Marriage can be frustrating. can be. Two people trying to communicate, and it's difficult. Trying to get the other person to understand how you feel. It's not easy. If you are frustrated in any of those areas, you're not alone. Unexpected crisis. There's people that 
are frustrated with life because of unexpected crisis. This isn't just the regular life difficulties. It's just unexpected events in their life, sickness or pain or death. Things that have come up that, that are unexpected, you didn't plan for, you couldn't plan against. It's just they're unexpected, and you wake up, and you wake up in a sense of frustration. There are some that are frustrated because of unfulfilled expectations. The life that you're living isn't what you wanted it to be. You haven't fulfilled what you wanted to do in life, and you see life is so rapidly, so rapidly, just seeming like it's spinning out of control. I was just talking to someone this evening. They mentioned the name of somebody. And I said, I know that name. I, I, I heard that he was pastoring in Bowling Green area. And, uh, but I knew him, and I started thinking, 20 years ago. I feel like I just met him yesterday. And he now is, 20 years later, pastoring just down the street from where I'm pastoring. I feel like... Life just goes so quick. In your dreams and your desires, the expectations that you thought you would, where you might be at at this place in your life, you're not there, and you're frustrated. And tonight, my, my Bible study is just going to be a practical Bible study, and I hope this is helpful for you, because I believe this, every single one of us here in this room it doesn't matter how spiritual you are. There's going to be frustrations in your life. Doesn't matter how spirit, it doesn't matter how close you are with God. Sometimes we think, well, if I'm right with God, then there should be no problems. But you understand something. God allows problems in our life because it draws us to him. It draws us to him for the answer, for the closeness that he desires. Every one of us are going to experience or are experiencing or will experience frustrations. But what do you do? Do you stay there? Because if you don't get through those frustrations, you can become bitter. You, you will view everything in your life through the lenses of frustration, and that will hinder your growth. It will hinder your progress, and it will hurt you as a Christian. Christians are always going to face frustrations, but we don't have to live frustrated lives. Christians ought to live a life full of joy. And the reason why is because we as Christians have hope. We have hope. And that hope is not just let's cross our fingers and I hope everything works out. That hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? And so I want you to write this down. And I'm going to be, in, like I said, I'm going to be in a lot of passages of Scripture. So, Write these down, flip over. A lot of these are in Psalms in the beginning here. But I want you to write this down. How do I deal with frustration in my life? Would you write this down, please? We need to learn to rest our thoughts in hope. We need to learn to rest our thoughts in hope. See, frustration affects your thinking. It affects your mind. It affects how you see things. And then it affects how you deal with people. Have you ever been frustrated and you dealt with someone that had nothing to do with your frustration, but you dealt with them unfairly? Right? How many of you, your spouse was frustrated at, at work and they came home frustrated? And you said to your spouse, don't you take your frustration out on me. I'm not the one you're frustrated with. How many of you are frustrated with the situation and you take it out on your kids? 
And your kids are like, what did I do? And if they knew better, they would say the same thing. You're frustrated with, you know, so-and-so. Don't you take it out on me. We get frustrated. Some of you are smiling because you know it's true, right? We're frustrated. But we as Christians, we need to learn that we, those thoughts, those frustrations, those thoughts, we need to rest our thoughts in hope. In hope. Job said this in Job eleven eighteen, 18, and thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Please, please, please get that. And thou shalt be secure. How many of you want to be secure? This is secure, not in, not in finances or in, in, in possessions of this world. This is secure in your thoughts. I mean, here's Job. Job has lost everything. Job's wife says, just curse God and die. Just get over this thing. Whatever it is, just do what you got to do and end it. Job's friends come along, these great friends. Job, you must have done something wrong. God is punishing you for something. You know, this lousy advice. Job doesn't have any hope, no, no counselors, no help. But you know what he realized? That, that he can be secure because there is hope. The hope wasn't in anything physical. The hope was in his God. And if we want to live a life of joy, a life of hope, not a life of frustration, we've got to first understand that security of our mind. Our minds need to stay secure in the fact that there is hope. You see, frustration is a time where we get to think that there is no hope. There's no solution to a problem. There's no dealing with this situation. There's no fixing this problem. I can't get any better. This is keeping me back. And I get to a place of frustration. Then we behave wrong when we are in a place of frustration. But Job said, thou shalt be secure because there is hope. Yea, thou shalt dig about thee and thou shalt take thy rest in safety. We need to, and I chose these words on purpose, we need to rest our thoughts in hope. How many of you ever took a vac- taken a vacation and you had absolutely no rest in your vacation? You needed to like come home and take a vacation, right? Because the vacation was just nonstop. In vacations, when you think of vacation, I guess most of us probably think of rest, relaxation, but most of the time our, our, our vacation is get here as quick as we can because we got to do all these things and we come back and what? We're back to the grind. No rest. Your body and your mind can only take so much of that. God never designed you to live a continual place of frustration, a continual life of work. You realize this, oftentimes if you were to study the life of Christ, you would find him going and resting. And the Bible says this, he would come apart. I like a preacher once said this, you need to learn to come apart before you come apart. And we as Christians, we just try to go through all of these things and just keep piling more on and just keep going through the frustrations of life, of, of, of unanswered prayer, of, of, of life's difficulties, of all the things we just talked about. And we get to the place where we need to learn to rest. We need to learn to rest our thoughts in hope. If you bring every thought that you have into the hope that you have in Christ, what do you think would happen to your frustration? 
Take every frustration that you're having and, and place it at the cross. And you would realize this, there's hope. Go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter number 31. Would you go there? We're going to be in, we're going to start a little journey here in Psalms. We find that the author of Psalms said this, Psalm 31, verse number 24. Are you with me? Psalm 31, verse number 24. The Bible says, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that what? Hope in the Lord. You know, we as Christians, as we are dealing with a world of frustration, as we're dealing with events of frustration in our life, as we deal with people that frustrate us, we need to realize this. We need to be encouraged. Look again, verse number 24, be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. The only way for us to find the strength to live life as a child of God is not through digging down deep and trying to find the answer within ourselves, but following this plan of finding strength in the Lord. Knowing this, our hope as a believer is found in Christ. My son is um, uh, just five, about five weeks or so, I guess he has left, out of a really, really, really stressful um, uh, training that he's doing for this combat medic training. And, and um, I, I've shared this with you. There's been several, uh, several um, people that they have either contemplated suicide or actually attempted suicide in this, in this um, combat medic, medic place because it's so extremely difficult. They, they stretch you to your, to your limits. Uh, this morning, have you up at 3.30 in full gear and run seven miles before breakfast? Get you to eat, run back, get you in school in a class eight hours a day. They're trying to get him, what they're doing is trying to get you to your breaking point. Because when you're on the battlefield and there's a problem, you've got to learn to function at that level. A lot of kids are at the place now, his roommate being one of them. His roommate just found out five weeks ago, his roommate just found out that he, he failed the EMT test for the third time. Since being in there in June, five weeks before graduation, he's going home. I mean, that's, that's discouraging. He's failed another course, and then this one, and after you failed two, they send you back. They're stretching your limits. And he said this to us about two weeks ago. He said, Mom and Dad, morale here is really, really bad. It's horrible. He said, it's, it's, it's absolutely horrible. Everybody is frustrated. Everybody is mad. Everybody is fighting with each other. They, one kid just said, I'm done, and, and just left. Just left. Like, <laughs> you're going to walk off base. Gone. Pick them up. You're in trouble. He said this. <clears throat> I said, Jacob, how are you? He said, I'm good, he said, but dad, this is what they told us to do. They got everyone together and they told everyone, you need to dig down deep and find your inner strength. And that's going to be what gets you through. And they're digging down deep and guess what? There is nothing there. Because our strength isn't found in us. Our strength is found in the Lord. 
And so for this amount of time, he said, Dad, they, they would, you know, kind of make fun of him and, and, and uh, you know, call him the Bible. He's been witnessing to several people and, 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 and trying to show them Christ and trying to live a good example. And it's always been this, why are you so happy all the time? It's what they said. To him. What, are you, what is your problem? Why are you so happy all the time? What, what are you smiling about all the time? Why don't you ever get upset? And now they're saying this to him. What do you have that's different? Because I need it. They're, they're telling us to dig down and find our inner strength, and I don't have this. What do you have? You see, every one of us are going to live in frustrations in life. Every one of us are going to endure frustrations. Just because you are a child of God does not mean that you're not going to have frustrations. But what it should mean to the child of God is this. When I'm in a place of frustration, I don't have to stay there because there's hope in Christ. And when I get to that place where I need strength, I don't have to worry about depending upon me. I find it in him. And that's why a Christian ought to have hope. And that's why a Christian ought to have joy. Because your frustration doesn't have to be dealt with in your strength. You can take it to God and live on his strength and his power. Look with me in Psalm 33, verse number 22. Psalm 33, verse number 22 says this, Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we, what? Hope in thee. Here's the psalmist is saying, I need your mercy. I'm in a place in life where I'm dealing with things. I need your mercy. Let it be upon us, O Lord, upon us according as we have hope in thee. What he's learning is this. When I'm in a place of trial, when I'm in a place of burdens, when I'm in a place of anxiety, when I'm in a place of, of, of this frustration, I need to rest my thoughts in hope. Realize it's him that our hope is in. Look with me in Psalm 38, verse number 15, just a few chapters over. Psalm 38, in verse number 15 of this, he says this, for in thee, O Lord, do I what? Do I hope thou will hear, O Lord my God. Listen, there's this, we need to realize this. We need to rest our thoughts in hope. Hope, realizing this, that our hope comes from the fact that our strength is in the Lord. You can't do it. You need Christ. Secondly, this verse, you know, it says that he'll hear. Our hope is in the fact that he will hear us. Have you ever had a conversation with someone? They're looking at you. They're awake. But they're not hearing you. And all the wives said, amen. It's like... I'm looking into your brain right now, and it's just, my words are just floating around in there. And you said, I heard you. My wife sometimes will say, do you know what you just said yes to? What do you mean? She said, Chloe just asked you if she could take your truck for a drive. And you said yes. They play these games. They start asking me when they realize that I'm not really listening. I'm just saying, yeah. They start playing these games. Can I take your truck for a drive? Yeah, yeah, good. Do you just hear what you said? You didn't hear them. I said, I'm listening. No, you're not. Because Chloe's taking the truck for a drive. <laughs> Listen to me, when we need hope, we're praying to a God that always hears us. 
He's always available. Do you ever been in a place in your life where you just needed someone to talk to? You needed to know that somebody cared. I'm frustrated. And I need to know that somebody's listening. You know what the psalmist says? God is. He doesn't turn his back. He cares about the events of your life. See, so we can rest our thoughts in hope because, number one, hope, we find strength in the one we take hope in. We find the fact that he hears us. Look with me in Psalm 39, verse number 7. Psalm 39, verse number 7, the Bible says this, And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. You know what the psalmist realized? There's nothing in this world that's worth waiting for other than just him. It's not, well, I'm going to try everything else, and then if that doesn't work, we'll try the Lord. He's saying nothing else is worth waiting for. He realized that my, the one that is worth waiting for is the Lord, and in him I can rest my thoughts. Look with me in Psalm 42, verse number 11. Just keep this journey in Psalms here. Psalm 42, verse number 11. The Bible says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Again, our, our text verse but this says, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him. Who is the health? Our text verse didn't have this portion in it. It says, who is our health of my countenance in my God? You know what he shows us here? This is where our health comes from. You know what happens when our frustration in life gets to the place where it's out of control, it affects our health. People physically, people physically can begin to tear down because emotionally they're not thinking straight. Have you ever happened? You're frustrating, you're not eating right. You're frustrated, you're not sleeping right. You're frustrated, you're not living right. When you get to the place of frustration and you're not resting your, your thoughts in hope, you take those on yourself and you try to take frustration in yourself and you can't manage it. You can't. And hear me, God never meant for you to manage it. He said, I'll be your strength. I'll be your hope. I'll be the one that listens to you. I will be your health. Look with me if you would. In Psalm, um, did we say Psalm 43.5? Go to Psalm 43.5. He says this as well. Why art thou cast down? He says this verse again. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him, who is my health of my countenance and my God. He's recognizing here in this Psalm, it's his hope and he's, his hope is in God. Isn't it a wonderful thing to call him my God? It's not just the God. It's not just the creator of the universe. Here the psalmist calls him my God. I have access because he's my God. Go with me to Psalm 71.5. Are you with me still? Psalm 71.5, the Bible says this. Psalm 71, verse number five. Rest my thoughts in hope. He says this, for thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust my youth. Sometimes there's levels of frustration in life because people that we were supposed to trust have hurt us. 
Can I say this? And I don't mean this at all to frustrate you. And I don't mean this to sound negative. But every human relationship you have, there's going to be at times an opportunity where trust is broken. In every relationship. Now, there's varying degrees of that trust, obviously. There's always going to be times where you think that somebody that needed a friend or a, a, a spouse or a parent or a sibling, I needed you here and you weren't there when I needed you, we lose trust. Or somebody gives you advice later to find out that that advice probably wasn't the best advice, and we lose trust. The psalmist is understanding something here in a place of frustration, in a time in their life where, where I need hope, I'm finding it in the Lord. You know what he realizes? I can trust God. Hear, hear me. You can trust God. You can trust him. Just because you have frustrations doesn't mean that God is untrustworthy. Just because God is allowing Paul to, to have that thorn in his flesh and his side, and, and it doesn't mean that God's not trustworthy because God is saying to Paul, it's there because I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you grace. You're going to realize that that thorn that you have, you are going to experience a level of grace that you never would experience if it wasn't for that. So don't get frustrated because I'm not answering your prayer. Realize that I'm giving you something that's going to allow you to trust me greater. God will never, he will never, ever uh, be at a place in your life where he is untrustworthy. You can trust him. In Psalm 71, verse number 14, if you'll go there with me, the Bible says this, but I will hope, I want you to mark this word, continually. I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. I said this on Sunday, so often we lose hope in that last 30 minutes of the crisis. It's almost like God is on the time clock. Listen to me, God made time. He's not confined by it. He, he doesn't look at the clock and think, that, well, I've got to come through and this is the last moment. When God comes through, it's at the right moment. It's not at the last moment. It's at his time. And listen, I believe this, so many of us, we miss out on what God wants for us or we miss out on that blessing that God wants to give us because we give up too soon. We lose hope. Hear the psalmist said this, I'm gonna hope continuously. Listen, we need to make our hope continue. Don't give up on God and don't question God and don't live in a life of frustration because that answered prayer or that life difficulty or that situation, unexpected crisis happened in your life. Work through that. Don't live in frustration. Realize this, that that is going to one day end. And on the other side of that, you can still trust God. Don't lose hope. Hope continually. Put your hope in him. Don't fail because he won't fail. Look with me in Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78, verse number seven. Psalm 78, verse number seven. The Bible says this, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Hear me, we wanna rest our thoughts and hope and sometimes what we need to do in our current situation 
that is causing us frustration, we need to remember what God did yesterday. How many of you in this room can say, I know that there's been times in my past that God has blessed and worked and met a need? How many of you can say that? Hear me. If he did it yesterday, he'll do it again today. He'll do it again tomorrow. When you get to a place of frustration in your life, what the psalmist said is this, I'm going to remember him yesterday. I'm going to remember what he did yesterday. And that gives me hope today. He didn't fail you. He's not going to fail you today. You could trust him yesterday. You can trust him today. I need to rest my thoughts in hope. Hope is this. I don't need to live a frustrated life today. This problem, this circumstance is not bigger than God. He came through yesterday and he will here as well. Rest your thoughts in that hope. Go with me to Psalm 119. A few chapters ahead. Let's skip some. Go to Psalm 119 in your Bibles. Psalm 119, verse number 81, please. Psalm 119, verse number 81. My soul fainteth for my salvation, for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope, what's he say? In thy word. When you get to the place of frustration, don't doubt the book. Don't doubt the word of God. He said, I'm going to get to a place, I'm fainting, and I'm going to get to a place where I need to have hope. I can't put hope in friends because friends have failed me. I can't put hope in the king because the king has failed me. I can't put hope in, in, in family because family has failed me. I can't put hope in finances because finances has failed me. What do I do then? Where do I put my hope so I don't live in continual frustration? I put my hope in thy word. In this book, go with me to Psalm 119, verse number 114, 114, Psalm 119, you're there, go to verse number 114, if you would please, he says this, thou art my hiding place in my shield, he says it again, I hope in thy word, when I was, um, when I was a kid, we lived in Wyoming, and um, there was a kid that lived in the, um, the uh, place that we lived. I don't even know what you'd call it. It was just a place out in the desert where all these little apartments were in this area. And houses were close together. And this kid, this older kid up the street would take, I'd go out and play. And he would take me and he'd invite me into his house. And he would say, let's play hide and seek. And I go, great. I'm, I'm only, I only lived there up until I was five. So I might have been four years old. I don't know how old this kid was, but he'd take me and we'd go into his house and he would open up the furnace closet and he'd say, here, you hide in here. And I'd get in that furnace closet and he'd shut the door. Count to 10 and I'd start to count. I'd count, okay, and I'd go to open the door and he's holding the door on me. I'm four years old. I'm in his dark room, this furnace room. Can I, can I get out? And I start, can I get out? Well, he only had to do that once till I realized what he was doing. So then what he would do is, if he saw me out, he would take me and he would bring me into his house and he would push me in this closet. I mean, I, I remember this vividly like it was yesterday. And I'd be in this dark closet 
furnace, I mean, just a little closet, furnace. He would sit on that door and laugh as I'm crying. He was a real jerk, wasn't he? <laughs> and, and I remember that fear of being in this closet and not being able to get out. I'm four. I'm thinking I'm never going to get out of this thing. I'm never going to see my parents again. And so I finally I told my dad about this, and, and, um, and so they put a stop to it. And my dad, who was so wise at the time, he says, you know what I'm going to do, son? I'm going to take, I'm going to get a, ple- a, pe- a couple pieces of plywood. And I remember going to the, the hardware store with him, and he would say this, I'm going to build you your own safe place. Because I was afraid of the dark after this. I was afraid of everything. I mean, this, that was traumatic to a four-year-old. Let me feel bad for me right now. <laughs> so my dad took and he got some pieces of plywood in the back of our house that we were living in there. And he, and he took a, one piece of wood. And I remember he took the, the, the second piece of plywood and he built a little fort up against the back of the house. He said, this is in our yard. No one's going to come into the yard. This is the place that if you ever get scared, you can come to. And he was so wise with this, he didn't put a door on it. It had an opening. And I remember as a four-year-old kid sitting in my little fort, backside of our house in our yard, looking out at the grass and thinking, this is cool. No neighbor kid's going to get me. No furnace is going on behind me. It's not dark. And I remember as a little kid thinking, this place is safe and nobody's going to get me here. It's pretty traumatic. And I've thought about that oftentimes when you get to a place in life where, you know what all of us need? A little place where our father says, I've made this for you. It's a safe place. They're not going to come and get you out of this place. It's in my yard, and I'm going to protect you. And I'm not going to put a door where it gets dark. This is going to be a place where I made for you because I love you. And I know that's such a silly little story, but when you're four and you're traumatized and your dad cares and your dad makes you a place that you can feel safe in, it means the world. And I remember going to that place often. And the thing that it was so that impressed on me, even today as I think about it, it was a place that my dad made for me. Made it a special place. We're going to have frustrations. We're going to have issues. We're going to have stresses. We're going to have problems. But in Psalm number 114, he says this, Thou art my holding, my hiding place, and my shield. I hope in thy word. This is a place that you can take refuge in. A lot of times in life we get so frustrated because we think we don't have another alternative. We get so frustrated because we think this is it. We get so frustrated because we think there is no hope, there's no place to run to, but we need to rest my thoughts and hope in that place of rest is this. He is our hiding place in our shield. Go with me to Psalm 130, Psalm 130, verse number five, and I need to hurry here. Psalm 130, verse number five. Psalm 135. And the Bible says this, I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. 
You see, I can rest my thoughts in this, that God is worth waiting for. I can wait on him. Go with me to Psalm 146, verse 5. Just a few more chapters over. I'm going to be quick with these thoughts because I want to get through them. Psalm 146, 5. The Bible says this, I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 5, 146, 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his what? For his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. How many of you would say this? Happy is probably very different than frustrated. I would. Normally when we're frustrated, somebody wouldn't say, boy, you sure are happy today. Chloe didn't say to me last night, dad, you sure are happy. She said, you sure are frustrated. I said, get out of here. You don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> she didn't come in and see me full of joy. She came in and saw me tired. She didn't come in and see me wanting to, to, to add joy or happiness to her life. She came in and saw me frustrated. Listen to me. What I'm simply saying is this. We don't have to live a frustrated life. We should have a life of happiness and joy, and it can be found if we find it, if we learn to rest our thoughts in hope. In hope. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. How many of you tonight have the God of Jacob for your help? If you're a child of God, you do. So happy are you. So number one, number one, rest my thoughts in hope. Number two, write this down, please, if you would. Filter my thoughts through reality. And I'm going to be done with this. I'm just going to give you these last two quickly. Number two is I want to filter my thoughts through reality. Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20, there was a conversation that took place in this passage of Scripture with Jacob and his brethren. In Jacob's world, Jacob is sold by his brothers. He's, 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 he is um, um, uh, sold into slavery. He goes to Pharaoh's house. He's put in jail. He's sitting in jail, pretty much rotten in jail, thinking he's never going to get out. Then God gives Pharaoh this dream, and somebody remembered, well, Joseph uh, is the is teller of dreams. Bring Joseph in. And Joseph comes in, and he tells a dream to Pharaoh. He tells him the meaning of the dream. Pharaoh puts him in charge, right? And his brothers come down, and, and all of these things. You know the story with Joseph. Excuse me. All these things take place. And Joseph, in the end, his brothers are, are scared because their father is getting ready to die, and, and they know that Joseph has the power to, to, to kill them or at least imprison them. And what was Joseph's attitude? Frustration? Revenge? No, he said this, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. You see, many a times when we get frustrated, we lose the sense of what real is. We think the sky's falling. We think that, that God's lost control. We, think, we fail to remember that God is holy and sovereign. Here we find this, that God is still in control. No matter how frustrated your life gets, you need to recognize this, friend. God is in control. Peter was sinking. Remember, Peter walks out on the water and he begins to sink. You know why? Because he lost focus of reality. That's the Savior. 
He's the one that, that water didn't even exist and through his word said, let there be water and water came life. God can walk on it because he created it. God is in control. The world isn't going to fall apart. The sky isn't going to fall. We need to filter our thoughts through what is real. And this is real. God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's real. God said, I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. That's real. God said that he'll take all things together for good. That's real. We, we can't get to the place as Christians where we allow our frustration to become real. And we start living off of our frustration and making decisions off of frustration and have our marriages based on frustration and raise kids through frustration and serve God through frustrations because we don't have a real reality of what, what real is. Your worst day isn't real. God's grace is. Thirdly, if you just write this down, I'm done. We need to encourage our thoughts in godliness. When you get to the place of frustration, when frustration comes, you need to encourage your thoughts in godliness. Go with me to Philippians 4.8. Would you go there with me? Philippians 4.8. How many of you have been frustrated? Only a few of you now. You won't even admit it now, huh? I mean, you've been frustrated. What do you do? Stew on it? Call everybody you can to let them know? Ruin friendships? Ruin relationships? Consistently say things that you have to go back and apologize for and say you didn't mean? Be angry? Or you can choose this. I'm going to encourage my thoughts in godliness. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's he say? Think on what? Your frustrations. No. You ever heard that stinking thinking? And sometimes we stay there, stinking thinking. And Paul says, one of my favorite books of the Bible, Philippians, he says this, think on these things. When you encourage yourself, when you think upon true, and you think you're upon honest, and you think upon just, and you think upon pure, and you think upon lovely, and you think upon good report, and you think upon virtue, and you think upon praise, it's very, very hard to be frustrated. It's very hard. Because we can't let frustration take over our mind We've got to make, let godliness take over our mind. So when frustration comes, do I stay there? Because when frustration comes, if I leave it there, it's going to turn to bitterness. If I leave it there, it's going to turn to anger. If I leave it there, it's going to turn to bad decisions, bad behavior, unchristlike. 
but I want to rest my thoughts in hope. I, I, I want to I encourage, encourage myself with, with, with godliness. And I want to filter my thoughts through reality. What's real? Frustration never leaves you with what is real. It leaves you in a place of hopelessness. Hope always points you to Christ. He's my strength. He is my confidence. He is true. He is the one I can trust. Let's pray. Father, Lord,